Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locally Grown podcast on this Election Day 2022. Today, we are going to talk about the claims by the leadership class that democracy is on the ballot in this election. We've heard this hyperbole before from politicians, but is it true this time? Well, I think we need to start with President Biden's uh, speech last week on November 2nd. Uh, to the nation, uh, because as political fear-mongering speeches go, uh, this one was a record-breaker. His primetime address warned the nation of a grave threat to democracy from dark forces that has put everyone or everything from our personal freedoms to the rule of law on the ballot. Now, normally this kind of talk was reserved in the past by presidents for events like world wars or economic calamities, Um, and usually the public listened because you were talking about serious subject matter. Um, But instead, President Biden's speech was seen for the transparent political chum that it was. Uh, Voters have seen this apocalyptic movie in the the past and um, in in the midst of a political cycle before, and they know its self-serving motivations. And the Democrats rolled out the big guns to parrot this message with Barack Obama telling an Arizona rally this week that democracy may not survive the midterm elections. Then there was Hillary Clinton during a Manhattan rally for Governor Kathy Hochul on November 3rd, uh, accusing Republicans of using fear tactics around crime to attract voters. Uh, as Hillary said, they don't care about keeping you safe. They want to keep you scared. And I thought to myself when I heard that, really? Isn't that what President Biden's speech just tried to do yesterday, scare us? And what exactly is this existential threat that the Democrats are warning of? Well, of course, it's Donald Trump and his ultra-maga acolytes. President Biden said in his speech there were 300 of those ultra-maga types running neck and neck with uh, their Democrat opponents in various elections, uh, federal elections across the country, and they are election deniers that can't be allowed to win. Ironically, the Democrats spent a lot of money helping these same GOP candidates, the Trump uh, MAGA supporters, allegedly. They actually spent money on GOP campaigns on these candidates to help them win their primaries against supposedly more moderate opponents. Uh, and they assumed that their strategy was it would be easier to defeat the what they consider to be these crazy MAGA Trump Republicans in the general elections. Well, the polling, uh, and we're going to find more about this tonight, the polling shows that that uh, it may not be true. So the lesson here is be careful for what you wish or pay for. This is the fourth election cycle since 2016, where the Democrats have spun melodramatic narratives of threats to democracy um, in a situation where there was no claim about Donald Trump or Republicans that became too outlandish collusion with Russia, institutions crumbling, rule of law gone, pack the Supreme Court to save our our judiciary, climate melting down, voter suppression, insurrection, racism, bigots running rampant. Along the way, the left insisted its policies were the only way to save humanity. If you want to rescue democracy, then it's time to kill the filibuster, eliminate fossil fuels, put the federal government in charge of voting, censor disinformation, raise taxes, forgive student debt, expand entitlements, pack the Supreme Court, and, of course, 
the public should be grateful for all the freedom that this agenda will bring. The problem with this narrative is that Donald Trump isn't on the ballot, and the American people have had two years to observe the real effects of aggressively ideological and unserious Democrat policies. Their outrageous spending and war against fossil fuels have ushered in the worst inflation since the 1970s. And like the 1970s, the stock market and our savings are getting hammered. Their defund the police movement produces soaring crime in many of our big cities, conveniently run by blue state Democrats. And then there were the blue state school lockdowns that have set our kids back by years. Our southern border is being invaded by illegal immigrants at the highest rate in our history. And worst of all, the Democrats are working tirelessly to make sure that race, gender, sexual identity filters are used in every aspect of our society's decision-making, from schools to federal spending to employment. It's toxic. Most American voters have experienced the results of these policies from the incumbent Democrats and are deciding that they've seen enough. According to the October 17, 2022, New York Times-Siena College National Survey, 44% of likely voters say the economy or inflation are their top two concerns. This includes 58% of Republicans, 34% of Democrats, and 40% of Independents. That's a 9% jump from the same poll in July when 35% picked those issues. In the July poll, 5% of voters selected abortion as a top issue, including 10% of Democrats. That's 5% versus um, 44% on the economy. The latest survey shows uh, that the abortion is still at 5% overall, but down 2% among Democrats. Not that abortion isn't an important issue, and certainly respect that, but at the end of the day, uh, it's been left to the states. The Supreme Court has spoken, and uh, it sounds like most of the nation is okay with that for now. Um, In the most recent Wall Street Journal poll, 64% of respondents said this midterm is more important than most election. Um, And when they were asked why, the categories that got the significant majority of support included things like we need change, the current administration is failing, uh, they were demonstrably anti-Democrat, fiscal issues, inflation, crime and immigration, so on. Only 13% in that survey listed democracy in danger. Uh, or in 12% were just against any Republicans. Um, This really kind of reflects, I think, Mr. Biden's constituency, and the nation is uh, demonstrably uh, not in line with that. Now, the American citizens, what they really want is a governing class that acknowledges the real problems we face and presents a serious plan for tackling them, Uh, one that works in regular order, and most importantly, just acts like an adult. In the opinion of many of uh, uh, many important economists, one of the most important problems is being ignored by all Democrats and even some in the, in the uh, Republican Party. This is the financial doom loop our exploding national debt is creating. You know, the vicious circle where our government borrows to pay for interest, which generates yet more interest and yet more borrowing, and the interest on the national debt Uh, crowds out all other spending priorities. This is the doom loop. We're not there yet, but it seems like we're approaching that. And the difficult political decisions that will have to be made 
because of this doom loop, because just paying back the interest is crowding out uh, uh, all other priorities, is going to create a lot of disorder and pain in this country. And I've been talking about this for at least four years between my book and podcasts. Now it seems like we're here. So let's spend some time to unpack this a little bit. On October 2nd of this year, the U.S. Treasury announced that our national debt had increased to $31.1 million. Uh, that was nearly an $8 trillion jump since just the beginning of 2020. And it's jumped by another $1 trillion in just eight months. Between COVID stimulus, the recent hilariously named $1 trillion Inflation Reduction Act, student loan forgiveness, it doesn't matter. The amount of federal tax revenue we collect is more than $1.5 trillion less than we actually spend. The gross interest expense on the national debt hit $88 billion in the month of August, according to the, the Treasury Department. That's over $1 trillion a year on an annualized basis. The August numbers barely reflect the impact of the, the recent Fed interest rate hikes between March and November, much less by the Fed's new guidance of higher rates for longer into the future. Given that, it's likely that the interest expense on the national debt will rise above $1 trillion a year and surpass Social Security as the largest item on the federal budget very soon. Now, the Federal Reserve is doing the only thing it can now, which is trying to reduce demand by making it much more expensive to borrow money. The most obvious example of this is that mortgage rates in 2020 were in the 3 to 4% uh, range. Now they're 7 to 8% and going higher. The result of that is lower demand for homes, which results in job losses for the millions of people in the real estate and construction industry. This rise in the cost of borrowing ripples throughout our economy and all places where people borrow money, manufacturing, services, high-tech, everywhere. So you might be asking yourself, it seems like the Fed is actually trying to create a recession. Well, you would be exactly right. Um, that's exactly what they're doing, despite what the public comments are. Yet, even if the Federal Reserve backs off or we've got, we end up getting this recession, which looks very likely, that's not going to relieve the pressure on Uncle Sam. Treasury debt has reached record levels, and higher federal interest expenses are already baked into the cake. That's going to hinder the government's ability to provide fiscal stimulus during the next recession. So constrained or not, the government is surely going to try to do that. That means issuing more debt since the federal budget is in a perpetual deficit. Now, modern monetary theory, or MMT, is, uh, is kind of the strategy that drives policy throughout the world's central banks, or at least recently. And it believes that as long as the economy is growing at a faster rate than, uh, the, the, than its debt service, the increase in the national debt doesn't matter. Uh, the, I guess that could be true, but that's certainly not what ha what's happening now. The national debt has exploded, and along with it, interest expense. The current $800 billion annual net interest expense on the $31 trillion of publicly held debt 
implies a required economic growth rate of more than 3% in a $25 million economy in order for the debt not to matter, as modern monetary theory says. Well, the average economic forecast for growth in 2022 is less than 1%, and many economists expect negative growth, uh, i.e. a recession in 2023. So naturally, if we do plummet into a serious recession, federal income tax revenue will erode. Even before the recession, the past nine months of declining stock and bond prices virtually assure an almost complete collapse in capital gains tax revenue that comes uh, at tax time in April. Loss of that category alone, which averages about 12% of of the federal individual income tax revenue, will necessitate hundreds of billions of dollars in borrowing to replace that lost revenue. Inflation and interest rates are inflicting painful damage today. Yet seemingly, without notice, the national debt is working like a cancer, sapping the nation's long-term economic vitality. When we reach the so-called doom loop uh, scenario, whether, whether we get there or not, or we just become mired in this stagflation environment like the 1970s, unchecked government spending and mounting national debt will drain all the growth potential from the national economy sooner rather than later. Folks, this is everyone's problem. Okay, folks, this podcast is going to be a a, a bit shorter than usual because I really wanted to get it out by election day and really alert everyone that the national debt issue, at least in my opinion, is the most important issue not being talked about in these midterm elections. So now that I have published this, it is time for me to vote. Um, Headed out to my polling place. Uh, For the rest of you, please vote today. It's very important. And remember, united we stand, divided we fall, each one for the other and all for all. Take care until next time. Mm -hmm.